This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Good morning. We are doing the Srimad Bhagavad Gita. We are beginning a new chapter. Last time we had done what was the difference between the two yogas. That is the Sankhya Yoga as well as the Karma Yoga. So this is another chapter which is more or less on the same lines. So it is called the Yoga of Self-Control. How you control yourself. It's a very important chapter, isn't it? So we are going to do that. This is chapter 6. We are doing Bhagavad Gita, chapter 6, verse 1. Sri Bhagavan said, He who does his duty without expecting the fruit of action is a sannyasi, a sankhya yogi and a karma yogi, both. He is not a sannyasi, that is not a renouncer, who has merely renounced the sacred fire. Even so, he is no yogi who has merely given up all activities. There is a distinction made over here between a person who is truly a sannyasi and a yogi and another who is just feigning to be a yogi and a sannyasi. We have to give a small idea about those who have crossed beyond. Okay? So, the person who has crossed beyond is not concerned over here. He is neither a yogi, nor a sannyasi, nor a material worldly person. He is not there. Understand, he is not the body. He's already got into that mode. But we are talking about somebody who is actually on the path. Someone who is on the path and who is, you know, thinking that he is on the path. So there are two kinds of people. Somebody who believes he is there and somebody who is believing that he is going over there. So let us see what he says. The idea that a person is a Sankhya Yogi, the yoga of knowledge. A person may know a lot of scriptures, may actually be able to recite from various scriptures, left, right and centre. But it is not the scriptures that makes a person great. You should know this. Those who are on the path should read the scriptures, should follow the scriptures, should be getting an explanation on the scripture. That is true. But a true yogi, a person who has gone you know, on the path, need not necessarily know those scriptures. Now, if you look at all our great sages and saints, some of them had little knowledge about the scriptures. Little, not much. They just knew what was Gita. Some of them just knew what was the Bhagavatam. Some of them knew the Bible. Some of them knew the Quran. But the rest of the scriptures they might, might not have known. The criteria is not that. The criteria is how they implement these things in, our, in their world. That means the knowledge which they have got, whether they are able to implement in the world where they are. We are doing yamas and niyamas if you remember in the Uddhav Gita which is there on Saturdays and Sundays huh? 6.30 to 7.30 in the morning. We are doing Uddhav Gita over there. There we have just completed in the last two days the yamas and the niyamas according to Krishna. Now, if you do these yamas and niyamas according to Krishna, I can assure you one thing. You don't even need to read any books. There is no need to read any kind of scripture also. There are some great sages who don't even know the existence of these books. These books are 
meant as a study material as a study material but you know that study material is only necessary for those who go to college isn't it those who go and learn the subjects for them the study material is required but if you are a person who is already on the path doing those things then the study material has no value it is not that einstein or these great people need to go and study the scriptures and the books you see they don't need to do the theory the scriptures means theories whatever the science theories are they don't have to read them they can just do what they are doing come up with their inventions or come up with their formulas or whatever that is needed the theories they can come up with it there may be some people like galileo now who actually did those experiments yeah you can find out now he doesn't need to read books he knows it likewise the scriptures need not be by hearted or read a person can become a yogi by just being that so here he says someone who is already doing the things without expectation of any result whatsoever that means you do your job and not bother about what people say or what result you get out of it let us say you are writing an exam write it perfectly write it as well as possible the results can never be in your hands so you should not expect results from it then you will be called a karma yogi or even a sankhya yogi sankhya yogi is because you have written the exam because you have the knowledge so you wrote the exam and now when you are not expecting any result you become a karma yogi so in the first case you have done the sanyasa part of it in the second case you have done the yoga part of it so both these combined together but let us say you are doing something maybe you are giving money to charity and then you are wondering where is the money going is it really going to charity or is it going for administrative purposes or it is going towards somebody's pocket then you are not a karma yogi at all why are you bothered about it where the money goes it has gone out of your pocket the moment it has gone it is not yours anymore think about it you see even in marriage the father and the mother when they give away the bride they do what is called in india as kanya daan kanya daan now you are giving your daughter away <laughs> she is no longer your daughter now she has become somebody's wife so they you don't have any control over her likewise when a child becomes 18 years old or 21 years old as per the indian law and as per the world law in some countries 18 is their age and some in some countries 21 is the age a person becomes an adult and when they become an adult that person no parent can control the child the parent cannot say to the child you have to do like this no the child is no longer a child is no longer yours then is an independent identity he or she can apply for their own passport he or she can do whatever they feel like and be free but when a person holds back and says no you are my son you are my daughter you have to do this or you believe you know you after giving the money you feel you know that is my money it should have been used for this purposes or that purposes you cannot give it away to this purpose or that purpose the moment you say these words mm-hmm, you have fallen off the wagon not that wagon other wagon the wagon of karma yoga and sankhya yoga <laughs> so 
you are no longer a yogi and neither a sanyasi because you are still holding on to that thing. If you hold on to it, then you are no longer any of these. So this is what he says. He is no sannyasi, a renouncer who has merely renounced the sacred fire. Even so, he is no yogi who has merely given up all activity. Remember, in sannyasa, like we have been doing so many now months or years, a person gives up his material worldly life. Alright? A person gives up his material worldly life. That means he may be a married man or a woman and that married person gives up that family of theirs. That means he is no longer with his wife or the wife is no longer with the husband. The children are there but they are with that other person and this person goes away somewhere. Now, how many cases do you know like this? Quite a lot. They are not sannyasis. <laughs> See, a sannyasi is a person who has already given up lust and greed and anger and all those things. Here this person may be staying in a, some other town and may be thinking, I'll get a new girlfriend, you know, and then I'll get married to her. So he will say, now I want divorce from the first one. But sir, you have been away for 10 years. Does it matter? <laughs> well, if you still are lusting and if you still have the desire in the world, then you are not a sannyasi. A sannyasi can never say that I am going away and give up. Alright? And then come back and <laughs> say I want to get married again. You are not allowed. Now, the idea of renunciation comes up in the life of many people. Some people think that, you know, I want to give up because I am fed up of this world, you know. I don't like this world. People have this habit of talking like this. I hate this world. I don't like this world. I don't want to be here. Everybody is against me. Nobody wants me. Blah, 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 blah. They keep on talking like this. Well, that is a shortcut you are trying. You are saying that, oh, I want to give up this world because the world hates me. You are not a sannyasi. You know, you are a rat who is leaving the ship. You understand a rat? At least I said a rat. I didn't call them any other name. No, you cannot do that. That means you are a person who is showing characteristics of a person who runs away from the field. Huh? You are not a good guy. You have to face it. Sannyasi gives up completely. He doesn't have anything in, in him. He never bothers looking back. Well, yours truly tried it three times and three times I was giving a kick in my ass. I said, get out from here. Go back. I said, oh, but I don't want to go back. You know, just imagine me stand, standing over there. But I don't want to go back. Why should I go back? Things like John, you know, this is how John Oliver does it, isn't it? <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> so I did all that. But I was told, no, you go. But you see, a person who wants to run away can run away all the time. <laughs> you know that. So I tried, but never worked. So sannyasa was never been a part of my life. So I was told not to do that. I said, fine. Okay, I won't be a sannyasi. So the idea was that. But a true sannyasi is not supposed to come back. You see, if you have given up, you cannot come back. You cannot think about, oh, that sannyasi is very beautiful. <laughs> you can't see. You see, where there is a sannyasi, there is a sannyasi also. Okay. You know, sannyasin. S-I-N. It comes along with the sannyasi. So they look at the beautiful sannyasins and then they will say, oh, I should have got married. You know, a very funny story from uh, the past, I can tell you. There was this monk, okay, I, he's an American guy. 
he's a monk he joined the buddhist monastery and he said yeah i want to become a buddhist and i want to be a part of this group and all that okay so he was in bodh gaya and then he joined this and he was there for many years he did his sadhana very well he followed all the rules and the regulations and unfortunately in the fourth or the fifth year of his life he met this beautiful woman from a neighboring ashram <laughs> from the neighboring monastery and then fell in love with her and every day every few days you know he would sneak her inside his room <laughs> when the head of that monastery came to know he called him and said what is this you are doing so when he was caught with his pants down i mean literally i mean that is not literally but otherwise so when he was caught with his pants down he started behaving you know like <laughs> immediately <laughs> i was not doing anything wrong blah 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 okay so the head of the monastery told him why don't you get married to her and go away now his ego came in the way so much that he said i will show you you know just to wait mr higgins like that you know <laughs> so he went back to america started his own company by the way he got married to her also started his own company became a became a rich man a multimillionaire and then to spite those monks over there he started his own institute by the way he is having lot of disciples across the world okay and his wife also teaches by the way but that is not buddhism what is he teaching i don't know you see we, you got kicked out of that place of the monastery because you were indulging in all this and now you are going and starting i mean without any authority by the way incidentally i will tell you the head of that monastery is the person who initiated me on the on this particular buddhist part also i have taken initiation also at that path uh, he is he is the guru of dalai lama by the way my guru is the guru of dalai lama also <laughs> so it is it was a very funny story for us you know the other people are not used to laugh or you know look at this guy he is saying he is a monk and he is not a monk see you can't do that we are not monks i was never a monk so no question of me saying you know this so the idea is this krishna is saying people should not do this otherwise is merely renouncing the sacred fire you can't just say like that you can't give donation and charity and do something like that and say oh look at my name plate should be here over here what do you mean by name plate should be over here no name plate over there okay you should not have expectations so when you give you give think about it if you have joined a spiritual group okay and you are very very sincere about it very very sincere about it then the idea of having relatives friends and all this kind of external people is not good you should never have any association with outsiders the reason is pretty simple if you are going to have relationships with people outside then you are going to fall down all right now today evening you should join the satsang of sai satcharitra shri rajma is doing that you know she is doing the satsangs and today we are going to do a very very important chapter in that it is about gholap maharaj now gholap maharaj was a great saint of maharashtra it is said that if you find a guru if you find a guru and the guru accepts you as his disciple come whatever may you should never leave your guru and go away you should never be in connect with any other person also never nor your family nor any other person no gurus to be connected back into the reasons are pretty simple if you want to follow a one particular guru 
and if that person has accepted you, if the guru has accepted you as his disciple, don't bother about trying to find hundred other people. You may know some people in your life because you have been like a flitting bird, you know, one, one flower, another flower, another flower. People do these kind of things. They go from guru to guru to guru to guru to guru. You know, they just try to search for this. But they don't find. Most of the time they don't find. At such point in time, if you find one, don't keep on going back to the other ones. No, it is not good. It is not the right thing for any person to do. Your Guru, he has to accept you unconditionally. He will say, you are mine. And then don't look outside anywhere. Got it? And that is the reason why it is not important to even go and look up something else. But we have a lot of people who are completely having no idea what they are doing. They are confused people. Confused because faith is something which is they are lacking in. If you lack faith, then you can never find anything in your life. You will never find anything in your life. You got to have the faith. And the faith has to be absolute. And once you are accepted by the Guru, stick to him till the end. You don't have to give up and go away somewhere else. And never bother about trying to find out what other Gurus are doing or what other people are doing. It is not right. Got it? And we are not here to find out faults, you know. Oh, that Guru, he was giving me a good meal, you know. There were very beautiful girls in that guy in that other guru's ashram. In this other ashram, you know, there are only guys around. What? I mean, is that what you are looking for? Then you are neither a sannyasi nor a yogi. You are a bhogi. Bhogi means an enjoyer. An enjoyer can never be on the path of spiritual. Please know this. If you have a guru, stick to him and don't bother about finding out about other things. He will guide you on the path. We will move to verse 2. We are doing chapter 6, verse 2 from the Bhagavad Gita. Arjuna, you must know that what they call sannyasa is no other than yoga. For none become a yogi who has not abandoned his sankalpas, thoughts of worldly life. People have a confusion. Is sannyasa different than yoga? This is a confusion which people have. See, the term yoga is now become a misnomer. What has happened is, people, when they Google or when they try to find out yoga, immediately the hatha yoga part comes into play. The Google has the habit of going according to algorithm. You know that, isn't it? You can actually train the algorithm of Google. You can do that. Now, if I keep on searching for yoga, what is going to come up? All those activities that you see in all these studios. And then you say yoga in the Himalayas. You are going to come across all these Babaji's who are doing all these kind of yogas. They charge in dollar terms. They don't want rupees by the way. They prefer dollars. Okay. And they prefer foreigners because you get big dollars. Indians, they don't know. They don't want to pay so much money. <laughs> we are like, uh, you know, uh, cheap guys. So, that is what comes up. But yoga is not that. Yoga is not that. Think about it. I can't call a small part, you know, a village in India as India. It's a village in India. Like that this Hatha Yoga is a part, a very, very tiny part of the spiritual domain. And we don't bother about it so much, those who are truly a yogi. I imagine, I want you to really, really think about this. Sri Krishna, okay, or Sri Ram are sitting and doing pranayama, yogasana, you know, 
wearing those fancy pants of theirs. I mean, imagine, can you imagine Krishna doing that? All those kind of, you know, asanas that are there. Where has he said, I used to do the asanas? A simple asana like sitting in a Padmasana is what people will do. That is it. Because that's the way Indians sit. It is not a prescribed way. A yoga is a part of sannyasa. Sannyasa is also yoga. See, in this verse he says, you must know what they call as sannyasa is none other than yoga. When you follow the yamas and the niyamas to the T, absolutely perfectly, not the ones given by Patanjali. No way, no way, no way. The one which is given by Sri Krishna. When you follow those yamas and the niyamas, as Krishna has told Uddhava in the Uddhav Gita, those yamas and niyamas, if you follow, you are a sannyasi yourself. You have given up on all those activities. Then you become a sannyasi. And then you are also called a yogi. It clearly means giving up all the sankalpas of this world. What is a sankalpa? If I have any kind of worldly desire, I want to wear good clothes. No. You see, in some of the ashrams, they, they ask you to wear white color, orange color, all those kind of clothes. Those are the mandatory requirements of the ashram. In some ashram, they test you for AIDS, coronavirus, this, that. I'm not joking. They really do the tests. They have the doctors over there. They do their tests. It's only when they come out with the result and you are totally free, then you are allowed entry into the ashram. Otherwise, you are not allowed. Otherwise, you will carry AIDS over there, isn't it? <laughs> so, better to stay outside. Now you know why AIDS is there. And why do they say no AIDS? Why? I mean, it's a commonsensical thing. Right? I don't have to say anything to you. If you have a little brain, you will understand. Little five paisa brain. You will understand what it means. So, these are the mandatory requirements. The idea of sannyasa and yoga should be, you should not even have the idea of wearing those kind of clothes. I get to wear starched white clothes, you see. Sir, starched white clothes doesn't make a person sannyasi. On the contrary, you are wearing white color, you know, perfect white color clothes and you are thinking, wow, good babes, good babes around now. Oh, come on, what are you doing? I get good food to eat. Oh, you know, I, I, met, I met one person. That person said, you know, in this ashram, they serve very good food, you know. I prefer going to that ashram. Why? Because they provide good food. <laughs> These are called material worldly requirements. These are desires of the material world. I get three meals a day. And then I asked him, what do you do about the cigarette and other things? Oh, that I go out and have. <laughs> so what kind of a sannyasi is he? I was laughing my head off. I said, what are you talking about? He likes to go out and smoke. <laughs> you love to go out and smoke and drink also? I mean, think about it. <laughs> the, the idea that you want to go out and have a burger or go out and smoke and go out and drink or go and eat something is called a desire. You can never be a sannyasi. You can never be a yogi in your life. This is what the verse number 2 from chapter 6 says. The moment you have any of these thoughts in your mind, even the material worldly thoughts, you can never even become a yogi. Forget about the sannyasa aspect of it. If you have any thoughts... The idea where Sai Baba was concerned or Ramakrishna Paramahansa was concerned. I will tell you something very, very beautiful about these people. They were great sages and saints. Sai Baba would order goat's meat, you know. 
during the week. He would say, okay, let us get this meat. And in that place, he would himself make all the masala, this, that and everything and put it and cook it. And offer it as a prasad. My forefathers told, told me about all these things. I am telling you this. Ramakrishna Paramahansa would once in a while say, can I have a little fish? They were not hypocrites. They were true sages and saints. In other places, there is absolute hypocrisy. Hypocrisy to that level where we don't take any beverages. I went to one ashram where I was given one kada. You know, kada means uh, uh, that kashaya, they call it. Kashaya, you google it and see it's uh, some, I don't know what. It is that uh, new kind of, newfangled kind of stuff, but they call it still old, okay. So they were all having kashaya. And they gave me a kashaya and I was sitting over there and uh, the two people who were with me, they were drinking it. I looked at that concoction and I said, I don't want it. Why? I am not a hypocrite. These people who are offering me the kashaya themselves love the, their in, evening tipple, you know. <laughs> and what are they talking about drinking kashaya in an ashram? The guy was a bloody drunkard. And he is telling me that you should have kashaya in the ashram. Uh, this is an ashram which I visited. And I was again, you know, when I went back to my car and I looked at these fellows, I said, why did you all drink that bullshit thing? We will go and have a cup of tea nearby. She said, no, Guruji, they gave us, you know, that is why we had. I said, it was bloody tasteless stuff. Why did you have it? It was like that. It is called hypocrisy of the highest order. People love to drink kashaya in the ashram and they go out and have a smoke. Smoke and a drink and eating burgers and all those kind of things. Sir, you are not a yogi. You can never be a yogi in your life. Neither can you ever be a sannyasi. It is to give up these worldly desires. That is the primary requirement of being a yogi or a sannyasi. You have to give up the sankalpas of this. Please remember this. So we move to the next verse. We are doing chapter 6 from the Bhagavad Gita verse 3. Krishna is continuing with his lessons to our great friend Arjuna. Who is Arjuna? You. <laughs> you are the Arjuna. And Krishna is giving the lessons to Arjuna. So what does he say? Verse 3 says, To the contemplative who desires to attain Karma Yoga, selfless action is said to be the means for the same man when he is established in Yoga, absence of all sankalpas, that is thought of worldly desires, is said to the to be the way of blessedness. What are the mandatory requirements for being on the path of spiritual? Number one, give up all the material worldly desires. Absolutely no desires whatsoever. The moment you have desires of any kind, those desires are going to be counterproductive to you being on the path of spiritual. If you think that you have to smoke, you can never be on the path of spiritual. Please remember this. It is called a material worldly desire. If you want to go and find some beautiful girls or boys, that is called a material worldly desire. If you want to get married and settle down in life, then you can never be a yogi or a sannyasi. Never. Understand this. To the contemplative, you really got to think very hard. Think hard. See, see what Krishna is talking about. He is telling Arjuna this. I want you to think very hard. What is it that you have to do? Who desires to attain Karma Yoga? Suppose you want to be a Karma Yogi. He is not talking about Sankhya Yoga now. He is talking about the Karma Yoga. He says, suppose you want to be the Karma Yogi. Selfless action is said to be the means. 
all actions have to be selfless which means there should be no personal profiteering from it if you are doing any activity which is going to profit you in any which way then you are not a karma yogi also any kind of profitability that you are going to do think suppose you join the ashram okay suppose you go to an ashram and you see over there oh these people you know they love clothes beautiful clothes i will supply them with clothes aha uh-huh. or they want a dant manjan you know dant manjan dant means teeth manjan means powder tooth powder <laughs> okay everybody over here is believing in all these material worldly things they don't want they are that environmentally friendly fellows you know let me give them a toothpaste or a tooth you know a tooth powder which is material worldly friendly you know how i will make it i will first take the you know the cow poop okay i will burn it nicely and then i'll put a little bit of you know uh, what do you call eucalyptus oil in it and then i can make a nice dantamanjan out of it you know this is what they used to sell in the past in 60s and 70s i'm not joking or they will take a coal they will burn the coal and take the ash out of it and from that they will put something in it and they will sell it i mean if you are thinking of profiteering from these people in any which way you have profiteering profiteering in that way that you have joined an ashram if you have joined an ashram and any kind of profit that you are drawing if you have been on the path of spiritual and if you are doing any activity for which you are collecting some money or you are doing something for which you are you know being paid for then you can never be a sanyasi neither a karma yogi in your life it doesn't work like that do you get the point it has to be a selfless action you do the action not by means of getting something in return you do the action because you love to do it and for which you should never take any payment monetary or otherwise never so no attachments of any kind so such a kind of a person is said to be a karma yogi then the person will be called as established in yoga if you do this activity on the path of spiritual with an ulterior motive any kind of motive then you are not a yogi of any kind you can never be a karma yogi sankhya yoga please leave it outside sankhya yoga to you are a duffer you cannot even understand sankhya yoga but karma yoga you thought you are a karma yogi i will go i have people who have told me you know even in my past when way back in 2010 and 2012 i used to meet people and they will say you know i was in the ashram for 6 years you know i served over there i say yeah really what did you serve there as you know i was working in the kitchen and i was doing this and i was doing that and now what are you doing now oh i am working for a corporate you see everybody joins the it company now i am also joining okay and when you were in the ashram what were you doing <laughs> you see i didn't have to pay for staying over there okay you didn't have to pay for staying over there so but when you joined the ashram in 2004 what happened oh at that time i used to pay money you know every month i would pay some money to stay in the ashram i would get food also is that so and then later on what happened then i became a part of the ashram you know and then i didn't have to pay any money then on the contrary they paid me money i used to run the store inside the ashram you know when i used to run the store inside the ashram i would get commission from the people who supply there were people who were supplying the clothes and the other items inside the ashram so he would get 10% commission on that i told him you are a commission agent then what are you talking about staying in an ashram it is like staying in with your parents and all that isn't it so why did you do that no i just wanted to be spiritual in nature i wanted to be next to a guru i said that is not spirituality this person 
went on to become a vice president or some big big shot you know i don't know director or vice president in an it company i met him some few years ago and then i looked at him he he had come in a nice big car like that and i looked at him and i said oh look at this guy <laughs> he was supposed to be in an ashram wow what kind of an ashram are you talking about you are never there sir you are never a yogi of any kind you are a leech you understand what a leech is if you are going and profiteering on any side then you are a leech you might have stayed for 6 years or 10 years in the ashram doesn't matter if you have started your material worldly life and if you are going back and work, working over there and if you have taken money over there then you are not in karma yoga sir you are a person from the material world who is not doing any selfless action whatsoever absence of all sankalpas is said to be the blessedness blessedness okay so the same person a karma yogi should not have any thoughts of any worldly stuff which means very simply when people come and they say you know i have joined an ashram why because i want to become a sanyasi or a yogi or something like that i want to learn or whatever that that they teach over there but then you know what i want to get married i want to settle down i want to have a girl in my life i want to have a family it is contrary to what you are doing you can't do that and you can't go and take up a job you can't become a famous person and those those kind of things are not a part of that sanyasi ashram or yoga for that matter then you are a material worldly person and you can you have never moved an inch on the contrary you have fallen down on the path of spiritual in your next life you will have to start from that below wherever you are got the answer all actions have to be selfless got it and don't keep on flitting from place to place to place don't do that don't ever do that if the guru has given you the power that you are my disciple you be here then that's it don't keep on going from one place to the other trying to find out that is not a done thing that is for the you know we have one saying you know rolling stones gather no moss you are a rolling stone you will never gather any spiritual moss okay so we move to the next verse now verse 4 from chapter 6 when a man ceases to have attachment for the object of senses and for action as and has renounced all sankalpas thoughts of worldly desire he is said to have attained yoga when you cease to have any attachment for object of senses any objects that are attracting you you may think the object what is the object attracting you i want to make money i want to become famous i want to do this i want to wear good clothes i want to go around here and there all these kind of things which you think they are a part of your material worldly life they can never be a part of the spiritual domain if you are thinking of settling down in your life if you want to take up a job if you want to earn money somewhere outside then it is never called yoga never from no angle can it be called yoga and you would have fallen down in your path the idea is why don't you become a material worldly person and don't bother about this world at all you see if you are bothered about being in the spiritual you have to be in spiritual you can't have two wives you know you can have only one wife first and foremost you will not be able to handle one why you want to have two ha huh? so one if you are on the path of spiritual be on the path of spiritual don't bother about your material world chuck that away be on the path of spiritual in in this material world there are people who are material worldly who want to be in spiritual we will take it from both ways people who are material worldly who want to be on the path of spiritual for them sankhya yoga and karma yoga is never the path never the path these two yogas are out of the they should throw it out of their life 
If you have to become a Sankhya Yogi, then you have to become a pure Sannyasi. If you want to become a Karma Yogi, if you want to be a Karma Yogi, then you should understand that you cannot have any worldly desires. You cannot have a single worldly desire of any sort. Every action should be selfless. So in this verse he says, when you cease to have any attachment, those who are on the path of yoga should not have a single attachment whatsoever. Forget about your parents, your relatives, your wife, your children, your house, your family. You should not be bothered. Somebody is sick. Why are you bothered about it? If God is the doer, if God is the one who is handling everything, why are you bothered about it? You are not their child anymore. You are the child of your guru. He is your father, mother, brother, sister. Everything is him only. Then you should not be bothered about your parents or your husband or your wife or your children. No. You have to leave everything at the feet of God. That's it. And don't bother about anything. So, have no attachments. A person who has no attachment to object of senses, any kind of object of senses, it could be for eating, it could be for drinking, it could be for smoking also. No. No attachment whatsoever. And then, and for actions. If you have any, you know, attachment for any action, you are finished. That action I like. What action you like? I love going for races. Uh Uh-huh. I love going for the matches that are going on, you know. You know, the India is playing against Pakistan, you know. Uh-huh. You can never be a yogi in your life then. India is playing Pakistan, India is playing West Indies. Why are you bothered about it? Who cares what they are playing for? If you want to be a yogi, then these things, the action orientation also should not be there. You should not be bothered about it. Then, You should have renounced all the sankalpas. All the thoughts about material world. You have to give it up. If you really want to be a karma yogi. If you really want to be a Y-O-G-I. Not that fake yoga that we are talking about. You know. Oh, I got a certificate of yoga from this institute. That is not a yogi. The institute is giving me a certificate. That is not a yogi at all. Somebody who is on the path of yoga is a person who has given up, renounced all these activities connected to actions. He has renounced all the sankalpas of this world. Then he is said to have attained yoga. We will do the next verse now. We are doing chapter 6 verse 5. From the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is telling Arjuna, One should lift oneself by one's own effort and should not degrade oneself. For one's own self is one's friend and one's own self is one's enemy. This is a very beautiful verse. You have to mark it in your life. Please remember this verse in your life. This is verse 6. 5 from chapter 6 of the Bhagavad Gita. Chapter 6 verse 5 from the Bhagavad Gita. And Krishna is saying very very important lesson over here. He says this. You should lift yourself by your own efforts. There is nobody out there to give you a hand to lift you. Okay? Which clearly talks about Many, many years ago, Krishna himself was the master of empowerment. Self-empowerment. Today, in today's day and age, you will find hundreds of these fake gurus. Gurus, I don't mean the guys who wear orange color clothes and all. I mean those gurus who wear ties and clothes and beautiful suits and yeah, 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 yeah. They do this kind of things. All the people in the world. Okay. They teach you about empowering yourself. And they write the new books. Okay. And they make a lot of money. A lot of money. They are talking about empowerment. 
What is this empowerment all about? Krishna is giving one very simple understanding over here. You are your best friend or your worst enemy. There is no God out there who is going to lift you. There is no God out there who is going to lift you. There is nobody in this world who can give you that power to make yourself into a great person. It is you yourself. I have people coming to me and saying, you know, Guruji, please help me get over my habits. Guruji, please help me get out of this problem area. Guruji is not here to help you out of some problem area. Guruji is not here for doing, you know, all those fantastic classes that they make, all these people make money on. No, he is not somebody like that. He is here for your spiritual will. That's it. His specialization is spirituality. His specialization is not your material worldly life. He is there to tell you that you have to lift yourself with your own power, with your own energy. You got to get up and rise. Please understand this. Human beings have the tendency of becoming lazy, of becoming an idiot in their life. They don't want to study, they don't want to read, they don't want to do anything in their world. And they expect other people, you know, God to give them on a platter. God will never give anything on a platter to anybody in this world. Nobody in this world is entitled for getting anything on a platter. You may think that, oh, Mark Zuckerberg has got it, Bill Gates has got it, Donald Trump has got it. Oh, oh, what are you talking about? It is their karma which has given them that. You also have a good karma in your life, you will get it in your next life. They might have done some good karma in their past life, that is the reason why they are human beings today and they are making a lot of money. One of them is a president. Okay, it is because of that. It is the past karmas that they have done. So it is your own effort. See, understand this. Hmm. What happened? Somebody was ringing me back, I think. <laughs> the call got disconnected because of that. Somebody was trying to ring me back. Okay, doesn't matter. Now we will take on from there. Okay. Why is this verse very, very important? We are doing verse 5 from chapter 6. When you took birth, when you took birth, you have come with a load of karma of your own. No God has given you anything from his pocket. Okay? Which means whatever that you are going to go through in your life, whether it is good money, good family, richness, you can become a prime minister, president, whatever that you are, is because of your karma. You have come with that thing inside of you, which is called the prarabdha karma. Got it? No, God has given you from outside. Okay? God is not supposed to give you. No. It is your own karma that you have come with. What does he say? What does Krishna say? It is you who makes the karma for your next lifetimes. So you have to put in your own efforts. So in this life, if you put efforts, your repayment will come in some other life of yours. Otherwise, suppose in this life you are a very, very poor man. You may be a sick man. You may be a person who is tortured. You may be put in jail. It is because of your past karmas. So this life, if you do properly, if you work properly, if you don't fall into any kinds of problematic areas, like you don't do sins, you don't create new karma, then you should be assured that your next life, you have at least some good legacy left behind from this life. So Krishna says, I don't do anything for you. Okay? I am not giving you anything. If you have got certain set of parents, 
okay now those parents might have divorced might not have divorced maybe they're together or they may be fighting with each other they might be the worst creatures on earth or they may be the best creatures on earth it is because of your karma and their karma okay it has nothing to do with god has given anything no it is not god given the way it is you have been given your own karma back in a platter whatever you have to pay for is what you are going to pay for it's like when you buy a ticket of first class or a first ac you will get a first ac seat if you buy a ticket of second ac you will get second ac if you buy a ticket of second class then you will get a second class seating or whatever it is you are not going to get some other so got the answer it is you who makes everything so if you are the one who is making everything including your this life even if you are sick today even if you have fallen down and broken your bone even you might be suffering from cancer you might have done anything in this world it is all because of your past karmas so in this life you got to put effort a solid efforts to be a good person to be on the path of satwa not fall down you may be today a lazy bone if you are going to be a lazy bone you are going to be on the path of tamas and if you are going to be on the path of tamas please understand your next lifetime you are going to become a, a kida makoda you know a worm or you might be become a rakshasa a demonical creature if you are on the path of tamas if you are on the path of rajas you can be in a very very poor family you may be the worst creature or worst human being on earth next life of yours or you might be born in a demonical womb again on tamas you can be a ghost also by the way but if you are on the path of satwa you will be born in a higher family you will be born in a family where you will be given good money good power good everything and your job is to put in efforts so that your next life becomes better so this is the verse where he says one should lift oneself by one's own efforts and should not degrade yourself never degrade yourself don't have dirty habits don't have tamasic habits give up all those tamasic habits don't don't go and drinking smoking womanizing this that all this kind of thing that a person does please chuck it away don't do any of those nonsensical stuff because please understand if you do it now in the next life and the next and the next and the next you are going to be in the gutters then don't blame god for it because god is not responsible because you are your own best friend or your own worst enemy you have got everything in your hands empowerment is in your hands only not somebody else's hands you got to empower yourself and you have to be ready for what you are going to get so you can be your best friend or your worst enemy please remember this verse in the future don't ever say that you know i didn't know about it it is because you have to make the efforts you want to rise in this world you please make all the efforts there is no krishna who is going to come and say okay i'm going to lift you you make those efforts krishna is watching you he is going to watch you and he will see oh this fellow wants to fall he is not going to lift you out no 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 way no way think about it next time i will tell you stories where you will see for yourself whether somebody has been able to lift himself up or no because there is a continuation how you can be your best friend or your worst enemy so let us not be our worst enemy let us empower ourselves and say that i am the son of god i am that person who can rise high in my life i can become the best example of myself i have to be the best example of myself i should never give myself this kind of a credit i am the worst guy i don't know what to do i can only sleep i never know to how to get up you know these kind of things that you get i don't have any money i am the worst creature on earth you know nobody wants to give me a job nobody wants to get married to me nobody wants to do this my wife is treating me badly my husband is treating me badly all these kind of things that you give they are called degradation that is what he said don't degrade yourself you are the best example of yourself 
and be the best example of yourself. So you can be your best friend or you can be the worst enemy of yours and you can make yourself fall down into the gutters and don't do anything like that which is going to make you do that, you know, fall into the gutters. So I have come to the end of verse 5 and next time when we start, we will start verse 6 onwards. You have a great week ahead and take care of yourself. Bye.